I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Hey, happy Monday, and welcome to the next episode of The Remedy with Tovacito. I just realized that I start every show with saying happy Monday and that you might be listening to this on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. (laughs) Maybe I should just say happy day. Mm -hmm. Welcome Jenna Gibbons, new last name. Have you gotten used to your new last name yet? (laughs) Jenna Holsey Gibbons. Jenna Holsey Gibbons. But not really. It's just Jenna Gibbons. Um, I'm here with a dear, dear, dear human being on this planet named Jenna. I've known Jenna for several years now. I met Jenna when she was a teenager. She probably doesn't remember. Um, But I do. Mm -mm. (laughs) Because I was friends with your mom and your aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and today I uh, actually asked Jenna here uh, to come talk to all of us about uh, taking care of and and loving and burying a mom. Um, Jenna actually just lost her mom less than a month ago. And I texted her and asked her... Um, to think about whenever she was ready, if she would be willing to talk about what that's been like. Um, and because at some point, at some point it's probably going to be something that most of us will experience is losing our mom, losing a parent. But today we're talking about losing a mom. Um, I, I haven't lost my dad, but I've lost my mom and I know what that has been like. And I'm, I'm sure all I'm sure our experiences are very similar in many ways, but also probably very different. Um, but um, I have watched you take care of your mom, Jenna, and love your mom and um, honor your mom for a long, long time now. And so um, I think there's there is I don't, I don't know if there's a good way to lose your mom. <laughs> There's not. Uh, there's not. <laughs> but I've watched you and 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 just the honorable and respectable way in which you went about that. So uh, we won't start with the saddest parts right now. So just tell us a little bit about you. I knew you went to Highland. You grew up here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. You lived in the neighborhood of Highland Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, graduated Highland Park High School. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then where did you go to college? Well, I was going to go to Arkansas, and I went up there and kind of freaked out, so I decided I was going to try to get into A&M, and I went to Blinn um, for a few years, and there was a big uh, transcript mix-up that prevented me from getting in, so I went to Tech, uh, Texas Tech for a year, and then um, I moved back to Dallas to finish at UTD. Um, so I could take care of my mom. Okay. 
So you um, spent a lot of years in college. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> You're actually going to make a whole bunch of people listening to this feel a lot Me better too. about themselves. <laughs> that's Kevin, our producer. How many years were you in college, Kevin? Like eight. <laughs> did you ever finish? Yes. Yeah. I did. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's all that matters. <laughs> it does. That's all that matters. <laughs> Okay, so uh, you grew up here. You have you're the oldest, mm-hmm. and well, I have a stepbrother that's older okay. and younger, and a younger sister. Okay, so how old were you when your parents got divorced? Mm, five. Okay, so do you even remember? Them? Oh, I remember. You remember? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! I remember my mom telling me, "Mommy and Daddy are gonna uh, have the separate the conversation." First. Yeah. So you were five, and your sister was how old? Three. Okay. Does she remember? I don't think so. Yeah. That's really young. Okay. So your parents get divorced when you're five. Mm-hmm. And did you live with your mom mm-hmm. and dad? Uh, yes. Okay. Mostly with mom. Mostly and with mom. And then dad with- on the weekends and Wednesdays. Okay. And so your mom was single for how long? I guess maybe a little over a year or two. Okay. I think I think when I was talking to your aunt, her sister, I think it was two years. I think so, like, yeah. Just, or maybe I, 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 I don't know. It was probably For some years. reason, I had two years in my head. So, so she gets remarried, and you're seven, mm-hmm. and now you have a combined family. Mm-hmm. And what was what was that like? Um, it was it was fine. I mean, there was lots of angst, mm-hmm. um, predictably. But it was fine. Looking back, we had a great childhood, and our family was, we didn't always get along, and getting a new parent is always really um, sure. difficult, but um, it was good. Probably as good as it could yeah. have been. Mm-hmm. So what, what was your mom like when you were little? Um, what, like, what are the things you remember about her when you were young? She, she was very artistic. And would always draw little pictures of us. And um, I told you, put notes in our, she'd like draw napkins and put notes um, in our lunchbox. And um, she's just so sweet and just so nurturing. Um, and we, I don't, my sister probably too, but I have always been super attached to my mom. Like weirdly attached. Like separation mm-hmm. anxiety to the max. Even as a young. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, Forever. so what did that look like when you were young? Oh, going to school, I was like crying, grabbing onto her. Um, Until you were how old did you do that? <laughs> Sixth, seventh, eighth grade? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like. Almost as long I had, as I was in college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but just school, like I didn't like being away from her. Like would she, you know, would want us to experience camp no thanks I'd rather be home with my mom um sleepovers like no thanks um so probably a little too attached but but I'm sure it was just I, I think there's a lot of kids like that yeah I mean I really do and I think they're they're actually lucky to love yeah love their one of their parents at least so so much that they never want to leave them I yeah. was always the kid that wanted to go. <laughs> so when when did you start to detach, even just a little bit? Mm, probably high school. But thinking back on it, I think this was kind of God telling me, like, 
you might not have a ton of time with her. Like hold on tight. Sort of. Just um, because I'm so glad that I was weirdly attached. Yeah, of course. I'm (laughs) sure you are. We just made the most of the time that we had. So you, when you were a when you were in junior high, did you still feel that attached to her? Yeah, going to school was always um, hard, weird. I mean, it's just weird because I really had no other reason to be um, anxious about school. But I just didn't like leaving my mom, and she would come. Uh, you weren't supposed to, but she would pick us up and like take us to pick me up and take me to lunch. And um, I had a cell phone, so we would like. I would call her. That is so cute. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing <laughs> no, now. No, it's not. I did that. I picked up my son yesterday yeah. and got him out of school. And, and he asked me the day before, Mom, can can you pick me up and take me to lunch? I was like, absolutely. <laughs> and then he just didn't make his way back. Yeah. You won't regret it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, because you know what? I just think those are the things that create the memories. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really do. Yeah. So, uh Tell me a couple of your favorite memories of your mom when you were little. Um, like how little? Like super young? Yeah. Whatever. Whatever sticks out. Whatever um, comes to your mind. Well, I wasn't so little, but in high school, we would go through um, the drive-thru at McDonald's that's right by Highland Park High School, mm-hmm. um, which now I wouldn't, but um, I would call, we would always listen to Kiss FM, and I would mm-hmm. call... Um, there was some concert where it was like, win Avril Lavigne tickets. So that's like when this happened. <laughs> and uh, so I called and I made it through. And the contest was you had to make labor pains noises. So my mom, <laughs> driving in the drive-thru, and the lady's like, you know, what What do you want? And she's like, making labor pains. And I'm not going to do it right now. But she won the contest. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. And so did y'all go to the concert? No, you won and you were like entered into a drawing. You didn't get the tickets. It was oh. kind of a sham. Oh, <laughs> that's not right. Yeah. If Kiss FM is someone from Kiss FM is listening, mm-hmm. you need to make that right. Still hold a grudge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So how old were you um, when you, okay, how old were you when your mom told you that something was wrong, that she was sick? Um, well, actually they, she didn't tell me that it went on for a very long time, like maybe a year. We started noticing that something different was mom was just acting different. And, and how old are you and you're noticing I was a senior, I think. So what, wh- how, how had she changed? How was she changing? Um, it, she just seemed almost like she had ADD or something just out of the blue. Um, like one example uh, that happened with my uncle was he came over and my mom loved Lost, that show. Mm-hmm. And we had a um, kitchen in our TV and Lost was on. And my mom was like, oh, I love the show. And then I went to a commercial. So she changed it and um, changed it back a few minutes later. And Lost, you know, came back on after mm-hmm. a commercial. And my mom was like, oh, Lost, love the show. Mm-hmm. My uncle was like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Um and Were so, you there when that happened? No. Okay, you just... But just little things, We, she just seemed like out of it, kind of ditzy. And, um, like, would you tell her things and she would forget? Yeah. And you're like, do, were, were you ever frustrated? Like, Mom, we already talked about oh, that. Yeah. Mom, I already told you. Yeah. And then um, I would 
maybe I had gone off to college. I can't remember, but my mom, we would talk like 30 times a day on the phone and Mm -hmm. she would call me and say that she was in Whole Foods and she was at the checkout line and she forgot her wallet. Mm -hmm. But like that happened often. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my mom and my stepdad had been going to doctors like all over the country and not really telling us and just traveling. Um, So you thought they were traveling. You didn't know they were. Yeah. And um, we kept saying like, what's going on? What's going on? And eventually my stepdad, I guess they had said they had diagnosed her with Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. which um, basically they just said, we don't know what's going on. And this is so early and um, strange. So we'll just call it that because Alzheimer's and dementia can be not so much Alzheimer's, but dementia especially is like an umbrella term for like all this stuff um, that they really have no name for. So similar, similar symptoms, but every case probably right. looks different and they don't really know what it is. And so yeah. everything just, you get a blanket diagnosis of yeah. dementia or Alzheimer's. The only definite diagnosis you can get is after death. Because of? They an, have to go in. An autopsy. Take your brain, yeah. Okay, okay. Which is scary. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you notice that your mom is, that there's something different going on with your mom. Were you scared? Yeah. Did you talk about that with her? Um, a little bit. She would brush it off. But one day, um, my stepdad, Tom, called me and basically told me that not to stress mom out, don't come to her with anything really stressful or you know, if you're upset, like don't call her crying. And he basically said, I think it was just the fear and hearing that diagnosis of Alzheimer's. He Mm -hmm. believed that, you know, us stressing her out was going to make her lose her memory faster. Mm -hmm. Like Um, the distress wouldn't help it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so of course, like my mom, you know, so I freak out after I get that call and, um, I remember I didn't call my mom for a while and my mom called me and she was like, what's the deal? Like, I haven't talked to you in, you know, a couple of days. And, um, I started like bawling, crying and I was like, Tom told us like, don't stress you out. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm your mom. Like you can tell me anything, anytime. Mm-hmm. Like, are you crazy? I understand both sides. Yeah. No, for that, sure. You know, he, like, I mean, he's yeah. just wanting to protect yeah. and take care of her. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that was just devastating for you and her. Yeah. Well, it just wasn't real because she was so young. And, I mean, we had no idea this would go on for <laughs> 10 years. And um, it was just unimaginable at that point. So how old was she when she got her diagnosis? I think 47 or 8. Okay. And do you know what that was like for her? Did she ever talk about that with you? I don't know. I that's one of the things I really regret. We never, we kind of avoided the whole talking about this whole thing. Like mm-hmm. we never really, um, talked about it. And I wish we would have asked her like how she felt about things. Mm-hmm. I really regret that. It's just like ignorance kind of, oh, and, yeah. and, and a willingness to really accept what reality was. Well, and you, I mean, you were so young. How, mm-hmm. how is a, how is a, teenager supposed to know how to deal with I mean kids are never supposed yeah. to take care of their parents you know mm-hmm. and you were still 
I mean, you are still very young, <laughs> but you are really young. Mm-hmm. So the first time somebody told you or you knew what it was, where were you? Who told you? Um, we had gone... I took her to a lot of doctor's appointments mm-hmm. and we did like alternative medicine and homeopathic stuff for a while. Um, and then she had been, she, she had aphasia, which was, um, is lo- the loss of language and communication. Mm-hmm. And so she would just start forgetting, um, words and it would be hard for her to like, you know, come up with the right word. Um, and so we took her to, UTD has the Callier Center mm-hmm. of Communication Disorders, and they're amazing. But we went there, and we're trying to figure out, like, what exactly they thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually remember vividly. we I was in the car by myself, and my stepdad was at the office, and Callier called him, and then they kind of patched me in. Um, and they said that they thought she had frontotemporal dementia, and she would eventually lose all language, like she would become mute. Mm-hmm. And they told me just point blank, like she'll, she'll lose the ability to swallow. And I was like, what? So I start, and the way that they talk about it, because it's so it's clinical to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just like, yep. And I was like, <gasps> and just like in the car, I remember like I was the only one on the phone who was crying. Mm. And I was like, what's wrong with y'all? Like, this is so sad. Right. Um, like, how can you give a diagnosis like this without yeah. some emotion tied yes. to it? And I'm sure my stepdad was like, you know, turning away from the phone and probably crying. But mm-hmm. I mean, it just, just the fact that I wasn't with my mom right that second. And I was thinking like, that can't ever happen to her. Um, you know, so I remember I like, went back home and just looked at her and I was like, how can this like, how can this be real? At that point, how, how was she? How was she? Um, she was pretty normal. She could still speak. It was just those like, you know, random words that were hard for her. Um, and for sure she needed, she, she was independent, but she, you know, was starting to have kind of trouble driving and, um, she would write, when she'd write numbers, she'd write like sevens backwards or just little things like that, um, that you could just see the difficulties kind of starting to set in, but it wasn't very bad yet at all. Did she ever, when she started, I'm sure there were times that she was really frustrated about not being able to think Mm -hmm. of a word or not remembering. I mean, uh, right now, I, you know, my daughter will tell me something and I'll be like, what? And she'll be like, mom, we already talked about that. Yeah. Like she gets, so I, I mean, and I don't, clearly I don't have that diagnosis, but yeah. but it's still frustrating for yeah. me and it's frustrating for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And, and I just can't imagine like having, because I'm sure in her mind, she was well in, well enough to recognize that she wasn't able to do what she used to yeah. do and be what she used to be and say what she used to say. Like, did you ever see her lose, lose yes. her temper mm-hmm. or get Not angry or sad about it? She would, yeah, she would get really frustrated. Like she would have a hard time. Like this will be what makes me cry. She would have a hard time, um, getting dressed. Mm-hmm. And then I would, 
And I didn't, when I would like step in to help her all the time, like it would frustrate her and she'd be like, I want to do this myself. Um, but I remember one time she was trying to get dressed and she kept like something about putting her shirt on or I don't know, but she, um, I just heard kind of her crying and I like went in there and she was just like crying and I was like, mm. I mean, cause I can't do anything about it. Like all I could do is just hold her, um, like while she cried, but that's like the hardest part for me. Like wanting to help and you just can't do anything. Yeah. I think it's the hardest part of watching anybody you love suffer. Yeah. Is we're so out of control. I mean, it's all beyond our control. Mm-hmm. And you would take it, you would do anything. Yeah. To make it all go away. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I know the last four years of her life, she, um, she went into full-time care. Mm-hmm. So what, what was that? How, how, how hard is it to make a decision? Kevin just brought her Kleenex. <laughs> it's like the Today Show, how they have that <laughs> Kleenex on a stick. Thank you. We need Kleenex on a stick in here, Kevin. That's, put that on your to-do right list. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm sure for the people, like for the family that has to say it's time, like it's horrible. It's awful. And then to be the one to hear it is probably awful. I mean, I remember when my mom couldn't drive, like she was driving and mm-hmm. she was going to kill herself or somebody the yeah. way she was driving, but she was so damn determined. Mm-hmm. She would have never made that decision on her own. And my brother and sister called me and were like, you have to tell mom she can't drive. I'm like, why? why Thank why? you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. And it was, I mean, it was me sitting down with her and her getting angry at mm-hmm. first and then getting sad. And then just this, resignation of where she was in her illness. My mom did not die of Alzheimer's. She died of breast cancer, but it was, she was sick for a long time, like, like Mm -hmm. you and just slowly lost freedom, you know, with her body. Mm -hmm. So what, how, how do you get to the point where you You have to place them? Yes. Well, well, Thank you for saying it because I, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> Looking back, um, I fought against it because I was her like 24-hour day caretaker for a few years. Um, and I would have done it probably till it killed me first. Like, um, So you went to college, you graduate college, you came home and you... Well, I came home and like... In college. Yeah, in college. And I would take her with me to take tests and stuff. Oh, wow. Um, and she would just sit outside the classroom um, so yeah, then I graduated, but, um, so yeah, we, it, it was just unsustainable. Um, so you lived, you lived with her, you took care mm-hmm, of her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me just pause with that for a second. And then we'll go back to that question that mm-hmm. I just asked you and didn't let you answer. Mm-hmm. Did you ever, when you're in college and you're taking care of your mom, are you ever like angry that you're not having like a, Mm-hmm. A typical college experience? Yeah. Um, there's just, I mean, when you're doing something like that, like mm-hmm. caring for somebody, it is so consuming that you don't just sit and think like, I wish I could do all these things. But yes, like when everybody else um, is like 
going just you know being normal being a college yeah yeah um yeah I would kind of think like well wish I could do that (laughs) but um I never really focused on that and I uh you know like I would go with my friends to the bar or whatever Mm -hmm. um at night sometimes because she wasn't um like while she's living at home uh she I could put her in bed at like eight or so and then I could leave and she wouldn't you know get out or do anything she would just stay there um so I bet I'm sure when you're in it you're not analyzing Mm -hmm. at all but and I'm sure now especially that she's gone I know you have no regrets yeah for the way that you went about it but your life your teenage college even 20s life as 20s has been anything but typical yeah so, so how do you get to the point where, how did you say it? You place them? Yeah. Um, place them in assisted living or, you know, people call it the home. Um, yeah. but it wasn't my choice mm-hmm. because I probably wouldn't have made that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and my stepdad decided, uh, that it was time and I fought it like tooth and nail. We've never fought, um, more than we did during that time. Um, but it was right before Christmas mm. and I thought he was like the devil for making this decision and it for sure could have been at a better time, but, mm-hmm. um, it was the right decision looking back. Um, yeah, it for sure was the right decision because it's just, it's so stressful and just all consuming and you need to be able to like, leave and go home and have some time to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just, there has, there does come a point where it just becomes unsustainable, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. And you're just not, I'm sure you felt ill-equipped and I'm sure Tom did as well. Like (laughs) where we don't have the skill set nor the, the stuff yeah here in our home to take care of her the way that she needs to be taken care of mm-hmm. so do you have any idea what that conversation was like with your mom uh I don't think there was a conversation with my mom my stepdad I mean she was at the point where I remember when when I would lose my patience and I would mm-hmm. um we took her to an adult daycare so I could go to school mm-hmm. um and that was terrible. She, I didn't even know those existed. There's like a f- very few. Um, like you it, really, if you're somebody that you love yeah. or you care for is sick mm-hmm. and you need to go do something, you can drop them off somewhere? Well, yeah. I mean, if they're, you know, she was like walking and talking and um, it's just like daycare for kids pretty much. Wow. But um, she would kind of throw a fit. Like she didn't want to go. Kind of the way that I was when I had to go to school. <laughs> uh, really. Oh, like the wow. same thing. Wow. And, but she would say like, how can you do, I would never do this to you and just stuff like that where, you know, I know she didn't mean that, but um, yeah, you, you just have to, um, it's just unsustainable. You got to figure out something to do with them. Yeah. Uh, for them. Right. Right. 
You know, I, it reminds me when I, when I had um, sick kids, one of the things when I was married that my husband at the time would say, it, I would go and take my son into all these blood draws and I would just feel terrible. Mm -hmm. And watching him suffer, I felt like I was the one taking him into this place mm -hmm. that was causing all this suffering. And one of the things that my husband at the time would say is, T, just remember, you're not doing this to him. You're doing yeah. it for him. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that was like a mantra that I would keep in my mind because when you're in it, mm -hmm. you feel hor awful. You feel awful. And you can't talk, you can't explain no. to them like, this is why. Right. And for whatever, you know, like you can't explain. And so you just... That just became my mantra during all of it. Like mm -hmm. I'm not doing this to you; I'm doing it for you. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure, you had some version of that in mm -hmm. in your mind. Yep. So your mom leaves home, mm -hmm. and and goes into full time care. And how did that affect you? Um. Well, I well I couldn't. We had to quote unquote detach from each other because we're so attached which whose idea that was never that happened yeah um <laughs> it was the owner of the um facility facility and and my stepdad and my uncle everybody kind of thought um because they probably thought I would just go on and you know live my life or whatever mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. always talk about doing that mm -hmm. um but yeah I wasn't allowed to see her for two weeks and um that was to enable her to get, you know, acclimated, acclimated. and mm -hmm. kind of get used to the new routine. And, um, and they tried to tell me that she wouldn't be able to come get out for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she got out for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was not going to happen. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I remember she came to my aunts and everybody was so happy and, mm -hmm. um, I posted a picture on Instagram and one of my best friends, Karen, was like, I looked at that picture and I just started crying because I could see how happy you were. Oh, um, to have her. Yeah. Out. Like you could just see like how thrilled I was because like it was we we're like reunited. So what did the new normal look like with her in full time care? Um, she. I would go. Um, every day and, um, she could still, I mean, I took her out, like I, I, we went to Whole Foods or we went to North Haven Gardens and, um, we would walk on the trail every day. There's a trail that is, um, right by the facility. It's facility is kind of misleading cause it's just a house mm -hmm. with, you know, eight people in it. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's super homey and it wasn't like a you know, hospital or nursing mm -hmm. home setting. Mm -hmm. Um, and the people that worked there were great and they love my mom. And, um, so yeah, like we would go walk on the trail for an hour or two every day and, um, just get out and have fun. And, um, whenever I think she had a seizure or something, um, I don't know when, but after that, like we weren't, she kind of had to sit out a bunch, <laughs> like we couldn't go walk, but, um, I would, she had to sit out like a bad <laughs> she kid. Had to like, yeah. She was like in bed. It was, you know, Aww. she hated it. Mm -hmm. Um, but we, so 
so just the whole dementia really is just like a million losses mm. and like they're all kind of small but they are not so small yeah. um that's a, an incredibly powerful thing to say well uh, I can't even imagine all the stories yeah. that are wrapped up in that one yeah. sentence. I mean, it's just like saying goodbye to so many things, um, doing things and, uh, you know, walking. Well, we can't, we can't walk on the trail, so we'll drive in my car. So I would literally <laughs> would listen to like, um, you know, whatever music she likes. She loved the Bee Gees and... <laughs> Um, Yacht Rock. Mac. <laughs> That's what I listen to. Uh, yeah, uh, and I like it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd listen to like worship music, and she would, she just loved it. And um, we would drive around. Like my husband just yesterday was talking about putting miles on the car, and I was like, um, my old car. Like mom and I would literally drive in circles in <laughs> Preston Hollow for hours Aww. every single day. Um, that is so cute. Yeah. So then, you know, we had to say goodbye to that mm-hmm. uh, when she, she was basically bedridden um, uh, probably a year, for a year. So around the time when I got married, um, she just kind of started losing the more muscle ability more than anything. Just She started losing weight and um, we couldn't drive around anymore. And so we, you know, just were... I don't, I don't really know what we did, but how long ago? How long ago is that? About a year. Oh, just a year ago. Well, I mean, a year and a half. We got married last June. Okay, and so how long? Ago. How long have you dated your husband? Um, well, we we've been together for five years, so we dated for like three and a half. Okay, so your mom knew him. Um. Yeah. Yes, he came into the picture right about the time when she started kind of breaking from reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, she called him Gary Jan. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it, but she loved Garrett. Like mm. he would come in because she would get really annoyed with me because I was like her mom basically. And mm-hmm. um, but he would come in and she would just like light up and just get so excited. That's so yeah. sweet. That is so sweet. Mm-hmm. Was she able to go to your wedding? No. Um, and that was a huge deal for me because it was kind of, that was the time, that was like the deal breaker time of like, she might be able to go. And my stepdad was like, she would not want to be a spectacle at your wedding. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, but she could just sit there. But um, when we would, <laughs> we, when we would, um, be driving around in my car. Um, I would play, you know, they give you like the CD with all the um, organ music, like what you can walk down the aisle to. Oh, and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> all your choices. Yes. <laughs> so I played that and I was like, Mom, you know, help me pick, help me pick the songs that you like. And we would, you know, we'd be driving around and it would be playing and she would just be like, Awful. Oh, <laughs> awful. <laughs> And, um, oh, that is so, so funny. Yeah. And um, around that time, like, she just had weird these weird, like, stages of, like, she would cry all the time or, like, mm. yell. I mean, just, and, sh- you know, it was just the disease. Just nobody knew what was going on in her brain. Um, but, yeah, it was really clear that she would not be able to be at my wedding. And I 
hated that. So what was it like? What was it like not having your mom? I mean, I, it's the most important day to a, a, a girl. And I can't imagine what it must feel must, must have felt like to not have your mom there. Yeah, it was um, difficult. Um, it just is like not a cloud over the whole thing, but just um, I blogged about it. Um, I was in the bridal suite um, and everybody had already left and, you know, was walking down the aisle and I was just alone. There's mirrors everywhere in that room. And I was just staring like, Ugh, I wish my mom was here. And it was, um, I couldn't cry because I had all, you know, makeup and everything. <laughs> of course <laughs> Lashes. not. <laughs> um, but I just remember it was really, it was hard. And I can, you know, like you're the bride. You can't really talk about how you're sad yeah. on your wedding But night. I'm sure, I know you felt it. I'm sure everybody yeah. felt it. Well, yeah. And we, uh, my my engagement ring is actually my mom's um, ring, and um, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, oh, mm-hmm. I did not know that. Your yeah. ring is beautiful. Thanks. Well, yeah. Um, so, and there was a little, you know, something in the program about how she, you know she was there in spirit and all this stuff. But um, yeah, she should have been there for sure. She, I know, she probably really wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. So. A year ago, something changed in your mom. Talk about that. Um, well, she she had been declining pretty steadily for, um, you know, ever since she was placed. Um, she, pr- she stayed pretty stable, but then she had a seizure and, and fell, and that was that kind of step down where, you know, we couldn't walk anymore on the trail, like she could still walk, but, um, about a year and a half or so ago, she, um, and it's not because I was gone, but, you know, getting married and honeymoon and everything. Um, I wasn't there. And that's when she just started, she started losing a lot of weight and, um, just, just started declining a lot faster. And, um, it was hard because, um, a lot of, I mean, it's hard to watch that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I mean, it's not like, um, you know, tons of people were always there because, um, you know, nobody really wants to go sit in a nursing home or, a, a you know, that kind of a situation. Um, but it was harder for people to see her like that. And um, my family, around the time of my wedding, my family, I was gone, but... Um, they all went to see her and, um, my uncle was like, I just can't go back there. You know, I, I cried the whole time. And, um, so that's just kind of when everything started getting a lot more intense. Um, but as with every step down it, you know, she would like stabilize. Um, but that was ar- around the time when I called you cause I was like, just so sad, um, just like constantly, it's really just be, so defeating. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? It's what was so defeating? Just watching, just understanding that there's a ticking clock mm-hmm. and like, she's going to die. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I know it and everybody else knows it and everybody talks about it just so, you know, bluntly, like, you know, she's again, like she'll stop swallowing or she'll, Mm -hmm. her brain will just forget to breathe or all the things that could, could happen to her. Um, and you know, just with that kind of weakness, she was, um, experiencing, um, falling became like a really big issue. Um, but anyway, I called, I was just, I felt like I didn't know who to talk to or like what to do. And like, I called you and I was like, um, cause we planned her funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how long before that, like almost a year probably, yeah, um, with you. Ago. Yeah. And, and like, I didn't really know you. So I was, it was weird for me to call you and be like, Hey, can you talk? <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't weird for me. <laughs> um, but, um, I'm super glad I did cause everybody, you know, everybody had been constantly telling me like, you need to, you know, kind of not separate from her, but kind of start living your own life cause she's going to die. And, you know, you don't, you just don't want to be, it's almost like they thought I was like a slave to, you know, my mom or, or the situation, but like they didn't, you were like the first person who was like, oh, I think you should keep doing it. Like, I think you should do what you feel is right. And I was like, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, I think that it's easy. It's so easy for anybody on the outside looking in to have an opinion. And I know mm-hmm. that everybody who thought, you know, you need to spend less time yeah. there. You got to spend more time with your fiance or husband mm-hmm. or you got to get a job because one day she's going to die and you're not going to have anything to do. do. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, I, I've, I have lost my mom. I've lost children. I've lost plenty enough to know that there is nothing more important than the person sitting, the people that you share walls with, you know, that you've shared walls with and if that time if that clock all of our clocks are ticking Mm -hmm. but if you know yeah you know that that time is of the essence I just I'm all about no regrets I mean I'm just all about no regrets and my when my mom was sick I went I went to work I'd I'd been working full-time I went down to Mm part-time and my sister and I were her full-time caretakers and I'm sure people thought I was crazy because I was I was not at the bars and I took a huge pay cut and it was a hundred percent worth it. Yeah, for sure. Um, My mom's been gone 15 years and I mean a couple of days before Mm -hmm. it was it before or after your mom died where I, it was before and I had heard my mom loved this (laughs) silly Bette Midler song (laughs) wind wind beneath my wings. But I remember driving my mom around sick and us holding hands. She would listen to that and cry mm-hmm. and I just was hysterical crying to you know this is a month ago yeah and there's just nothing like losing your mom yeah like there's just I still miss my mom mm-hmm. I'm 47 years old and I still you still need, need her my mom yeah I need my mom yeah and you know thank God for God mm-hmm. because Thank God for God. Thank God for God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes when I need my mom, that's the only, that's the only near replacement mm-hmm. that I have because there is nobody Mm-mm. that lives on this planet that could ever replace my mom. Yep. 
So did you ever come to terms with losing your mom before she was gone? Um, I know that's probably a weird question, but had no, you made peace with it? I think so. Um, because, I mean, what people might not think about is like very literally every single time I left my mom, um, I, I basically would imagine like this, this might be the last time I ever see her right. or like this might be, you know, something could happen. Um, so every time I left her day or night, I, I thought, yep, that's the last time I'll probably see her. Um, so, um, I never, I made peace. Yes. With the whole situation, um, long before this. And I think that's why I'm not like a huge basket case right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but just, I mean, you can never prepare for it and it's, it's still like not really real mm -hmm. that she is gone. I mean, she, mm -hmm. like, I really don't fully understand. Um, and I mean, because of my faith, I've, yes, made peace, but I'm, I'll forever, like until the day I die, mm -hmm. I will, I mean, I don't cry. I smile more about her more than like I cry for her. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, going to make me cry. <laughs> well, um, just, just cause like, like being, being so close to her constantly, like while she's been sick, it's hard for me. It was hard for me, um, to remember her before she was mm -hmm. sick because I didn't really get that much time with her, you know, mm -hmm. like, I mean, your memories, like, let's say they start at five mm -hmm. or four. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was, you know, 17 when she got sick. Mm -hmm. And then it's been over 10 years, like a little over 10 years. Um, so seeing, you know, like going through all the photos and mm -hmm. all that stuff and hearing like stories um, just really helps kind of... Um, see the big picture right. and like remember her as she as she was right paint the picture of yeah. who who your mom was yeah i met your mom in 1999 uh when I, I moved back here from san francisco and uh her tom her husband worked with my husband at the time and i remember i mean i i was privileged enough to speak at your mom's funeral but what I remember and I said this at the <laughs> service looking at your mom and thinking damn I hope I look like that when I'm a mom <laughs> she was just I think you do oh to be fair wow mom. no your mom was just I mean she was just so beautiful but more than more than what she looked like which was just stunning mm -hmm. she was just she was a treasure. Mm -hmm. She was just a really beautiful human being with just this sweet spirit. Mm -hmm. I could warm, warm, non-judgmental, mm -hmm. very approachable, kind, yep. kind, 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 and wicked sense mm -hmm. of humor. Mm -hmm. I remember <laughs> her wicked sense of humor. She was just so, so, so lovely. Um, and it, I'll just be honest. It was hard as a, friend mm -hmm. of your mom's to go visit and see yeah. somebody who had 
was so alive. Yeah. You know, so alive. Mm-hmm. Just be so sick. You can't help but think just like how. How? Yeah. How did... And yet she was still so mm-hmm. stunning. And so, I mean, even days before she died, mm-hmm. she was just beautiful. Yeah. Just, just so, so beautiful. So how has it been these... I mean, first of all, I just have to tell you. So you spoke at your mom's funeral and like I was the pastor officiating the service and, and you did uh, the words of remembrance and I have officiated a lot of services and I have never heard, well, I've never seen a daughter speak at the funeral of her mom, number one, but number two, to just do that with such you were stoic up there and you mm-hmm. were so poised and you knew exactly what you wanted to say. You just honored her in the most beautiful, beautiful way. Thank you. Getting to the other side of the service, you know, when somebody dies now, all of a sudden you have to, you're busy because you've got to pick out flowers and caskets and all the mm-hmm. stuff that seems so difficult and awful, but mm-hmm. you have to do it. So you're busy. And then, and then it... Everything kind of stops. Yes. Tell me about that. Talk um, about that. It's, it's, like I said, it's still like not totally real mm-hmm. because it was such... I mean, it was my days, mm-hmm. my life. Um, I mean, you would wake up and go to your mom's yeah. and mm-hmm. you would spend a majority of your day. Then mm-hmm. you'd go do a couple of things here and then yeah. you go back and put her to sleep mm-hmm. at night, every night. Yeah. Um, how have you, how are you finding your feet after this? Probably, I mean, people like friends, um, you know, I was worried cause I've kind of been, you know, I couldn't really hang out all the time, really very often. Um, so I was worried, like, is everybody like still gonna remember me? Um, but everybody's been so great and so supportive and, um, I mean, I have free time. I, yes, I'm still doing stuff. I still have all of her stuff to, I mean, it's piled up in my guest bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not looking forward to, to going through that. But um, she would want me to live my life um, and, you know, not just like mope around. Right. Um, and like I said, like, I'm not, I'm not sad for her now I'm so happy for her now yeah, like I am too I just can't imagine just just walking with her over the past you know especially five years just like seeing everything being taken away from her you know and I mean from me mm-hmm. um so now she's like free and not sit I mean she's her witty beautiful mm-hmm. funny self in heaven um but is that how you see her now yeah and I also have my uh tuna salad video that she, I'm like giving her tuna salad and I don't know why it, I just love it so much because it's so her because uh, I don't just miss her like before I mean I I miss her even you know when she couldn't do anything, because um, I still 
It's our presence. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I would, I would go back. I mean, I wouldn't trade anything for every second I got with her. Um, and even like the hard, awful things that just were awful to watch and just have to watch her endure and not be able to do anything. I mean, I wouldn't, I would pick it every day of the week, um, you know, to have her here. So her knowing that she would want you to keep on keeping on. Yeah. What else? What else has given you the, the, the courage and, and the strength to keep going? Um, well, I'm, I can, I, I'm able to do so much now that I wasn't before. Mm -hmm. Um, and just the word, the constant worry, Mm. um, again, it is so defeating constantly Mm -hmm. trying everything to prevent like any sort of, you know, injury or, um, fall or discomfort. Like, Mm um, yeah. Uh, so I just, I mean, I have hope which is a really kind of cheesy answer, but it's not, um, you know, I'm just excited. Like, you know, there's a time for mourning and there's a time for joy and just looking at my life. I mean, I'm married and, you know, for the past year and a half, it, my, my priority has not been my husband and that's, you know, it was fine and he understands. Um, but now I can really like be very intentional with, you know, the kind of wife I am. And I mean, I so look forward to having kids. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I mean, like you, like I was born to be a mom. <laughs> I just am. Well, you can have mine whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just like need somebody to nurture kind of mm-hmm. at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, things aren't awful. <laughs> I'm so glad. And I, I, your husband is so fabulous. Mm-hmm. I mean, just watching him, take care of you and and just give you the freedom Mm -hmm. as I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of men who would not be okay yeah with with how often you were gone and how much you left him for your mom I mean that he was he's been a very understanding and supportive husband through all of this which is just it it's just been an incredible thing to watch yeah and I know your faith has played a huge part in and probably, I mean, the losses and the healing, you mm-hmm. know, that just so much of life is so beyond our control. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why in the eulogy, like my husband read it before and he was like, this is pretty blunt. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but um, all that, like, ultimately the only thing that matters is the gospel. And so that's why I was like super... Um, blunt (laughs) in her eulogy like all this stuff you know my mom was great and amazing but like the most important thing about my mom is that she knew Jesus and she believed in the gospel and um, you know she wasn't perfect and she knew it and um, I I just I'm super thankful for um, what Jesus did for us and um, that's a lot of the reason why I'm able to to keep going because I understand like I understand people who lose th- lose people um, who are super important to them and they cannot move forward after that mm-hmm. just they're unable to because um, apart from the hope of the gospel it's there's not there's not a lot of hope there's not anywhere yeah. to go 
Well, I can't imagine losing some somebody that I love so much and not having any hope in Mm-mm. in eternal life and right. and and us being made whole again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is really the only remedy that. I mean, yeah, it's kind it of is the it remedy. Is, it is the remedy. <laughs> like, there's no way around it. <laughs> I should just end all my shows with, and that's Here's the remedy. Here's the gospel. <laughs> Here's the remedy because, I mean, and and I know both of our stories are similar in that mm-hmm. in our suffering and loss is when we came to really understand the need for something mm-hmm. greater than ourselves because yes. you going about this alone was not an option. But yeah, we're not saviors. No, no, we're not. <laughs> we would be the worst. <laughs> yeah. And nobody else here is either, you yeah. know, like we can't do it. They can't do it. No, whoever they is, mm-hmm. you know, there is no they. Mm-mm. So, um, well, I so appreciate you, your candidness about the loss and the sadness. I mean, I have... I know you don't like to cry and you don't fall apart, but I have seen you cry and I have seen, I know you're going to miss your mom forever, mm-hmm. but I know that you make her so proud, Jenna, and the way that you live your life just it is a blessing to everyone who knows you. So thank you so much for your strength and your wisdom and your grace for being here today. Thanks, Tova. Thanks, Tova.